0: Welcome to the weekend edition of The Daily Stoic. Each weekday, we bring you a meditation inspired by the ancient Stoics, something to help you live up to those four Stoic virtues of courage, justice, temperance, and wisdom. And then here on the weekend, we take a deeper dive into those same topics. We interview Stoic philosophers. We explore at length how these Stoic ideas can be applied to our actual lives and the challenging issues of our time. Here on the weekend, when you have a little bit more space, when things have slowed down, be sure to take some time to think, to go for a walk, to sit with your journal, and most importantly, to prepare for what the week ahead may bring. Hey, it's Ryan. Welcome to another Sunday episode of the Daily Stoic Podcast podcast. We are going to sit down and spend some time with Seneca today. This is an excerpt from Tim Ferriss' wonderful "The Tao of Seneca," his audiobook of Seneca's letters, uh, which audiobooks of the Stoics are really hard to find. And Tim, I think, has done a wonderful public service by putting this out in the world. And you can even get the PDF of it totally for free at tim.blog/seneca. But in this letter, one of my favorite letters from Seneca. Seneca is talking about pleasure and joy, but why we keep doing things that are not good for us, even though we ought to know better. You know, we think of the Epicureans as well as like lovers of pleasure, but really, even for the Epicureans, it was about how much is enough? How do we make sure we don't get carried away? Uh, How often do pleasures turn out to be punishments when we uh, lack that critical stoic virtue of temperance? Seneca talks in this letter about that idea of preferred indifference, meaning things we can pursue, but shouldn't pursue too hard, things we can enjoy, but don't necessarily make us better human beings. Um, And it's just a a wonderful stoic letter from a guy who seemed like he largely uh, enjoyed a pleasurable and nice life, but was also fine going without, Um, and as he ended up having to do towards the end of his life. So here is Seneca on pleasure and joy from The Tao of Seneca, produced by Tim Ferriss, which you can get for free at tim.blog/seneca in PDF, or you can buy it as an audiobook if you click the link in today's description. Thanks to Tim for providing this, and of course, thanks to Seneca for writing this letter to his friend Lucilius, which we can now enjoy and benefit from 2,000 years later.
1: Letter 59, On Pleasure and Joy. I received great pleasure from your letter. Kindly allow me to use these words in their everyday meaning without insisting upon their Stoic import. For we Stoics hold that pleasure is a vice. Very likely it is a vice, but we are accustomed to use the word when we wish to indicate a happy state of mind. I am aware that if we test words by our formula, even pleasure is a thing of ill repute, and joy can be attained only by the wise. For joy is an elation of spirit, of a spirit which trusts in the goodness and truth of its own possessions. The common usage, however, is that we derive great joy from a friend's position as counsel, or from his marriage, or from the birth of his child. But these events, so far from being matters of joy, are more often the beginnings of sorrow to come. No, It is a characteristic of real joy that it never ceases and never changes into its opposite. Accordingly, when our Virgil speaks of the evil joys of the mind, his words are eloquent, but not strictly appropriate, for no joy can be evil. He has given the name joy to pleasures and has thus expressed his meaning for he has conveyed the idea that men take delight in their own evil. Nevertheless, I was not wrong in saying that I received great pleasure from your letter, for although an ignorant man may derive joy, if the cause be an honorable one, yet, since his emotion is wayward and is likely soon to take another direction, I call it pleasure, for it is inspired by an opinion concerning a spurious good. It exceeds control... And is carried to excess, but to return to the subject, let me tell you what delighted me in your letter. You have your words under control; you are not carried away by your language or borne beyond the limits which you have determined upon. Many writers are tempted by the charm of some alluring phrase to some topic other than that which they had set themselves to discuss, but this has not been so in your case; All your words are compact and suited to the subject. You say all that you wish, and you mean still more than you say. This is a proof of the importance of your subject matter, showing that your mind, as well as your words, contains nothing superfluous or bombastic. I do, however, find some metaphors, not indeed daring ones, but the kind which have stood the test of use. I find similes also. Of course, if anyone forbids us to use them, maintaining that poets alone have that privilege, he has not, apparently, read any of our ancient prose writers who had not yet learned to affect a style that should win applause. For those writers, whose eloquence was simple and directed only towards proving their case, are full of comparisons. And I think that these are necessary, not for the same reason which makes them necessary for the poets, but in order that they may serve as props to our feebleness, to bring both speaker and listener face to face with the subject under discussion. For example, I am at this very moment reading Sextius. He is a keen man and a philosopher who, though he writes in Greek, has the Roman standard of ethics. One of his similes appealed especially to me, that of an army marching in hollow square, in a place where the enemy might be expected to appear From any quarter ready for battle. This, said he, is just what the wise man ought to do. He should have all his fighting qualities deployed on every side, so that wherever the attack threatens, there his supports may be ready to hand and may obey the captain's command without confusion. This is what we notice in armies which serve under great leaders. We see how all the troops simultaneously understand their general's orders since they are so arranged that a signal given by one man passes down the ranks of cavalry and infantry at the same moment. This, he declares, is still more necessary for men like ourselves, for soldiers have often feared an enemy without reason, and the march which they thought most dangerous has in fact been most secure. But folly brings no repose. Fear haunts it both in the van and in the rear of the column and both flanks are in a panic. Folly is pursued and confronted by peril. It blenches at everything. It is unprepared. It is frightened even by auxiliary troops. But the wise man is fortified against all inroads. He is alert. He will not retreat before the attack of poverty, or of sorrow, or of disgrace, or of pain. He will walk undaunted both against them and among them. We human beings are fettered and weakened by many vices. We have wallowed in them for a long time, and it is hard for us to be cleansed. We are not merely defiled, we are dyed by them. But to refrain from passing from one figure to another, I will raise this question, which I often consider in my own heart. I don't drink,
0: and my wife actually, when we first met, went to school to become an addiction counselor. She worked at Pasadena Recovery Center. So the idea of sobriety has been a theme in our relationship, something we've talked about, something we've read about a whole heck of a lot. And that's where today's sponsor comes in. Since the beginning of the pandemic, nearly one in five Americans has reported consuming an unhealthy amount of alcohol. And Reframe, today's sponsor, wants to help close the gap between affordable, accessible resources and those who need them. Reframe is a neuroscience-based smartphone app that helps people cut back or, ideally, quit drinking alcohol altogether. Using evidence-based tools, techniques, and content, Reframe guides users through a personalized program to help them reach their goals, there's daily tasks, a comprehensive toolkit, community forum, accountability guides. Go to joinreframeapp.com slash stoic. That's joinreframeapp.com stoic. Use the code stoic for 25% off your first month or an annual subscription. Download Reframe on the App Store today.
1: Why is it that folly holds us with such an insistent grasp? It is Primarily because we do not combat it strongly enough, because we do not struggle toward salvation with all our might. Secondly, because we do not put sufficient trust in the discoveries of the wise and do not drink in their words with open hearts. We approach this great problem in too trifling a spirit. But how can a man learn, in the struggle against his vices, an amount that is enough, if the time which he gives to learning is only the amount left over from his vices. None of us goes deep below the surface. We skim the top only, and we regard the smattering of time spent in the search for wisdom as enough and to spare for a busy man. What hinders us most of all is that we are too readily satisfied with ourselves. If we meet with someone who calls us good men, or sensible men, or holy men, we see ourselves in his description. Not content with praise and moderation, we accept everything that shameless flattery heaps upon us, as if it were our due. We agree with those who declare us to be the best and wisest of men, although we know that they are given to much lying. And we are so self-complacent that we desire praise for certain actions, when we are especially addicted to the very opposite. Yonder person hears himself called most gentle when he is inflicting tortures, or most generous when he is engaged in looting, or most temperate when he is in the midst of drunkenness and lust. Thus it follows that we are unwilling to be reformed just because we believe ourselves to be the best of men. Alexander was roaming as far as India, ravaging tribes that were but little known even to their neighbors. During the blockade of a certain city, While he was reconnoitering the walls and hunting for the weakest spot in the fortifications, he was wounded by an arrow. Nevertheless, he long continued the siege, intent on finishing what he had begun. The pain of his wound, however, as the surface became dry and as the flow of blood was checked, increased. His leg gradually became numb as he sat his horse, and finally, when he was forced to withdraw, he exclaimed, All men swear that I am the son of Jupiter but this wound cries out that I am mortal. Let us also act in the same way. Each man, according to his lot in life, is stultified by flattery. We should say to him who flatters us, You call me a man of sense, but I understand how many of the things which I crave are useless, and how many of the things which I desire will do me harm. I have not even the knowledge which satiety teaches to animals of what should be the measure of my food or my drink. I do not yet know how much I can hold. I shall now show you how you may know that you are not wise. The wise man is joyful, happy and calm, unshaken. He lives on a plain with the gods. Now go, question yourself. If you are never downcast, if your mind is not harassed by my apprehension through anticipation of what is to come, if day and night your soul keeps on its even and unswerving course, upright and content with itself, then you have attained to the greatest good that mortals can possess. If, however, you seek pleasures of all kinds in all directions, you must know that you are as far short of wisdom as you are short of joy. Joy is the goal which you desire to reach, but you are wandering from the path if you expect to reach your goal, while you are in the midst of riches and official titles. In other words, if you seek joy in the midst of cares, these objects for which you strive so eagerly as if they would give you happiness and pleasure are merely causes of grief. All men of this stamp, I maintain, are pressing on in pursuit of joy, but they do not know where they may obtain a joy that is both great and enduring. One person seeks it in feasting and self-indulgence, another in canvassing for honors and in being surrounded by a throng of clients, another in his mistress, another in idle display of culture and in literature that has no power to heal. All these men are led astray by delights which are deceptive and short-lived, like drunkenness, for example, which pays for a single hour of hilarious madness by a sickness of many days, or like applause, and the popularity of enthusiastic approval which are gained and atoned for at the cost of great mental disquietude. Reflect therefore on this, that the effect of wisdom is a joy that is unbroken and continuous. The mind of the wise man is like the ultralunar firmament. Eternal calm pervades that region. You have then a reason for wishing to be wise if the wise man is never deprived of joy. This joy springs only from the knowledge that you possess the virtues. None but the brave, the just, the self-restrained can rejoice. And when you query, what do you mean? Do not the foolish and the wicked also rejoice? I reply, no more than lions who have caught their prey. When men have wearied themselves with wine and lust, when night fails them before their debauch is done, when the pleasures which they have heaped upon a body that is too small to hold them begin to fester, at such times they utter in their wretchedness those lines of Virgil. Thou knowest how, amid false glittering joys, we spent that last of nights. Pleasure lovers spend every night amid false glittering joys, and just as if it were their last. But the joy which comes to the gods, and to those who imitate the gods, is not broken off, nor does it cease, but it would surely cease were it borrowed from without. Just because it is not in the power of another to bestow, neither is it subject to another's whims. That which fortune has not given, she cannot take away. Farewell. Hey, it's
0: Ryan. If you want to take your study of Stoicism to the next level, I want to invite you to join us over at Daily Stoic Life. We have daily conversations about the podcast episodes, about the daily email. We actually do a special weekend set of emails for everyone. You get all our Daily Stoic courses and challenges totally for free. That's hundreds of dollars of value every single year, including our new year, New You Challenge, which we're going to launch in January. You get a special cloth-bound edition of the best of meditations that we've done, you get a bunch of cool stuff it's an awesome community i've loved being a part of it i've loved getting to meet everyone who's trying to take their study of stoicism to the next level love to have you join us check us out at dailystoiclife.com we'd love to have you and join us on this digital stoa that we uh that we've staked out together and get better every day Guy Raz's How I Built This is a podcast where each week he talks to the founders behind the world's biggest companies to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you hear these entrepreneurs really go into their story. And Guy is an incredible interviewer. He doesn't just dance around the service. He has real questions because he himself is an entrepreneur. He's built this huge show and this huge company. In a recent episode, they Talk to the founder of Liquid Death, that crazy water company that's become this billion dollar brand. Follow the show on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This Early and Ad Free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. And for a deep dive and daily business content, listen to Wondery, the destination for business podcasts with shows like How I Built This, Business Wars, the best one yet, Business Movers, and many more. Wondery means business.
3: Do you want hear about the $100 wedding dress that just saved Abercrombie, or the tech acquisition that was just like Game of Thrones, or the one financial equation that can solve climate change, then check out our daily podcast, The Best One Yet, or as we call it, T-Boy. This is Nick. This is Jack. And we pick the three most interesting business news stories every day for the perfect mix. 20 minutes each morning, you're going to feel brighter. We call it Pop Biz, don't we, Jack? Where pop culture meets business news. So whether you want to kick off a conversation with your Or you're going for that promotion at work. Or you just want to know the trends before your friends. Feel brighter by starting your morning with us every weekday. Listen to The Best One Yet on the Wondery app or wherever you get your pods. You can listen to The Best One Yet ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. For more deep dive and daily business content, listen on Wondery, the destination for business podcasts. With shows like The Best One Yet, How I Built This, and many more. Wondery means business.